This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUNFM 104.5. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages. Paul Bunyan Country's distributor of Anheuser-Busch and Budweiser. Buy Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors in downtown Bemidji. Bonded Lock and Key, your home for Liberty Gun Safes and Pine Ridge Service. Checking in once again with Matt Brewer of North Country Guide Service. And uh, Matt, let's start with uh, the ice fishing scene right now. What's going on? So with the cold weather we're having right now, um, ice is, is looking pretty good. We, we had that big snow and we didn't have a lot of ice going into that um so we were a little worried but uh we luckily had that nice warm-up and it compacted a lot of that snow and reduced uh reduced the r factor um so the insulation wasn't wasn't quite as good so we're back to making good ice now um a lot of a lot of roads are being plowed on bemidji and and other local lakes so those obviously um allow for ice ice growth um, because there's no snow covering them so so travel is pretty good um i still tell people to use caution no ice is safe and and it's not like we're sitting on 30 inches right now um bemidji anywhere from 16 to 23 inches ice uh, 16 kind of on the north end and then when you get down south it gets a little bit better but uh but travel's pretty good just use caution and uh the fishing's been pretty good it's really been weather dependent and we've had a lot of swings back and forth um when we get these cold snaps the the fish kind of shut down a little bit and then um once it stabilizes whether it's you know a nice long stretch of cold or a warm-up that sustains um the fish really snap then um so it's really dependent on the weather like i said but but luckily uh (laughs) our swings have been quick so it's been like you get one or two days of, of maybe tough fishing, and then you get three, four, or five days of stable um, before we switch into the next one. So, uh, so as long as as our our renters and our clients aren't coming on on the day that it switches, which would have been like uh, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday of this this week, um, then things are uh, a little tougher. But as long as they're not coming on those days, uh, fishing's been pretty darn good. When it comes to ice fishing, I've heard a lot of guys, and you know, I think Bro Bro's always a guy I was talking to about it. To, he he's big on mobility, but the way people are doing things in this day and age, it's it's a little tougher to be mobile when you have those big old houses. Well, yeah, if you're you know if you're using uh, a big wheelhouse, it's a it's a lot tougher. <laughs> um, it's really hard to be mobile in the first place, and then when it gets cold, it's really hard to be mobile because. You sit down in the house and it's nice and comfortable, and you might have the TV on or the radio on, and and uh, you sure as heck don't want to move then. Right. Um, but yeah, mobility is is always uh, is always going to be a winner for you. So, um, like with us, we're you know on our private trips, we're running sleds and and side by sides, and we're constantly moving. And we prefer not to fish in houses at all when we're doing our private guide trips. But obviously, um, this weekend I'm going to be running hub houses <laughs> with with the dual heaters probably and uh and we're not going to be able to move much um it's going to be really really cold and and it just it, it limits uh, your ability to be mobile when it's this cold so you just set up and and kind of hope for the best and make sure you make sure you've got some spots pinned down so you can you can set up on them and, and have some waves of fish come through and then in that case you're you know you're kind of waiting for the fish to 
to funnel through as opposed to chasing them down as they move around, which they are doing a lot right now. Like mm-hmm. copies and bluegills, uh, the schools are moving like crazy. So um, if you want to really be successful, you got to drill a lot of holes and try to stay on top of them and figure out which direction they're moving. Um, but you can still have a, a mediocre day if you sit sit over top of uh, of where the school is traveling through and you just wait for them to swing back through because they will eventually. So. Do you find that uh, real cold weather affects fish during ice season? Well, it's it's just the change. So, um, you know, the the day or two that that the weather is is changing, um, where the temp is dropping, um, that that change is where it seems to to affect the fish. But you know, if it's thirty below and it stays thirty below for a week. Um, you know, you, you get that nice stability, and then the fish will bite again. So it doesn't, you know, it's not like they're down there going, grab me a blanket, let's cozy up and not do anything today. <laughs> they're, they're still going to do their thing, um, and just so long as the weather's stable, they'll uh, they'll keep on pattern. That's um, when you get the swing in one di- direction or the other. You get that day or two where, where fishing might be a little tough because they, they're just kind of readjusting or, or changing whatever uh, whatever their habit is, so. Okay. What all services do, do you guys offer during uh, hard water season? Uh, during hard water, we do uh, fish house rentals on Lake Bemidji, and then we do private guided trips. Um, on we, we can do Bemidji, um, but we like to do like small backwoods lakes with snowmobiles and portables. Um, so we can take groups up to 20 people out on some of the smaller lakes and and uh, kind of a neat experience. You get to go into some of the backwoods stuff that you, you know, you're not really able to access via truck, and right. uh, you know, you don't you don't see a lot of people. Um, but if there's a hot bite happening somewhere that we can access with a truck, we can do that too. So, um, but yeah, private guided trips and uh, and fish house rentals are kind of the the winter gig. So, how how popular are the uh, private guided trips? Uh, not as popular as the rentals, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're they're really good. I mean, uh, the fishing is is incredible. Um, you know, that's your best bet if you want to catch trophies or if you want to catch really really good numbers. Um, if if you're out with us on a private trip on a on a nice day or or a day where we've got some stability with with no wind and we're able to move around, um, fishing is going to be really really good. Um, but the rentals that's where. That's where that everybody <laughs> everybody wants rentals and and uh, we're full enough where I'm I'm turning people away left and right and uh, there there are days where I wish I had forty houses and there are days that I wish I didn't have any. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's private trips, so I'm I'm sure you're not going to share that information. That's kind of top secret. Oh, as far as what lakes we fish, yeah. Oh yeah, I, we just go out on Bemidji for the most part. Okay. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I mean we we've got what like three hundred lakes within twenty five uh, minutes of my front door. So um, you know, throw a dart. They they all almost all of them hold fish. So um, and it's, nothing's really a secret anymore. You can go on the DNR website and look at Lake Finder and look at netting reports, and you can see the lakes that have good populations of of big panfish and and uh, you know, with a little bit of work, people can do the exact same thing we're doing, um, but. Obviously, you have to have the equipment, and and uh, you have to have trusty equipment if you're going to go, you know, on like a ten or twelve mile sled ride. Uh, you want to make sure you've 
you've got everything in, in working order and got good gear and, and stuff like that, um, which not everybody has, um, and we, we can provide for people who don't. So, How's the bite been on Lake Bemidji this winter? It's been decent. Um, like I said, some days are great. Other days are, are rough, but um, all of our all of our rentals are putting out good numbers of perch. We try to stay on top of the perch, and then we leave the walleyes as kind of like a bonus. So uh, we want our people to have action over over size um, and and over over walleye specific uh, fishing, unless someone requests. You know, if they say all oh, we want to catch are walleyes, uh, we'll set up in shallower water and uh, and let them try to feast on the walleyes but but it's really hit or miss on on how many you're going to catch you might catch four in a weekend you might catch 12 in a weekend um so we prefer to keep it on the perch um with the chance at some walleyes so transition areas where it transitions from uh, gravel or rock to mud where we're going to get uh perch all day long off and on you know they might come through in waves they might bite all day long um and then you're going to have a chance at those evening and overnight walleyes and uh and it's been working out great. Um, we've only had a couple, a couple of renters this year that that were, you know, they still caught fish, but they they didn't go home with a, a big pile of them. They they only caught, you know, maybe a dozen or so uh, keepers, but but the fish they did catch were really nice. So um, so it's it, it's been pretty good. You just you know you got to be in the right area, and we've been moving a lot more this year than we typically would. Uh, a lot of times we can set a house on a spot and it'll produce for three, four weeks, and we're moving them almost every week right now. So, have you um, fished? Uh, you know any of the other? I like to call them usual suspects: Red Lake, Black Duck, Cass Lake, Leech. Have you fished any of those lakes? I haven't fished Red. Um, one of my guys, Tim Furch, he actually filmed with Jason Mitchell up on Red, and they did really well. That was earlier season, uh, you know, December. Um, haven't been on Winnie, but I've heard places like Center Bar and and some of the the humps have been really good. I don't know how travel is out there, but if you've got a sled and you want to go catch some some slot fish, um, some nice picture fish, Winnie's always a good bet. Okay. And uh, and there's plenty of keepers out there too. And I've heard the bite on Leech has been fantastic. Haven't been out there yet either. I just I don't get the time to to travel around mm-hmm. much, so um, I'm usually stuck on Bemidji or or a couple of small lakes that we try to keep our eyes on for private trips and and that's uh that's about all i get to do but uh but i you know obviously i'm hearing uh, reports from other lakes and it sounds like the usual suspects are doing pretty good one of the things that i've been talking to a lot of people about lately is just how the volume of angling in uh, ice fishing season has has grown to the point that i believe on red lake uh, they surpass the the soft water season. Oh, it's insane! The amount of ice fishermen is, uh, yeah, it, it, it's crazy. I mean, if you just look at it from like a show season standpoint, like if I go to the Midwest Sports Show um, in the summer, you know, it's busy and mm-hmm. you know it's there's a pretty good crowd, and then you go to the St. Paul Ice Show, um, which is you know basically the same kind of venue, uh, roughly the same size, whatever. Um, and you like on a Saturday afternoon at the ice show, you can't move You're mm. shoulder to shoulder and you're, you know, just kind of trying to go with the flow. It, it's crazy how many ice fishermen there are. 
and uh, and it's great. I mean, it's it's a fun sport, and uh, and I, I always love to see some of the younger younger generations showing up. Um, I had my son Tate working shows with me this year, and he's handing out stickers and towels to the young kids, trying to get them you know more involved and interested, and uh, it's it's really cool, and it's something kids can do easily, especially. You know, dad gets out or mom gets out, and they set up the house and get it nice and toasty, and then the the kids get to hop out and move straight into a warm house. And if they can catch some fish, they're going to be hooked. So, been in the biz a long time. I'm kind of curious as to why this shift has occurred. Well, ice fishing is is cheap. Um, the you know to buy a boat now, you know if you're buying a new boat, you're looking at fifty, sixty thousand dollars for yeah. you know a nice a nice walleye boat that's fully set up and big enough for a family. Uh, ice fishing, you can go buy, uh, you know, six, uh, six man hub shelter for three, four hundred bucks. So it's, it's a lot cheaper, uh, more easily accessible. Um, people aren't as busy in the summer. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people that are laid off or, and, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, it's, it's just easier. Um, it's not easier to, to find fish and move around, uh, I'd much rather uh, troll a brake line and be able to find pods of fish than drill 50 holes on a brake line trying to find fish. But uh, but it's it's just cheaper and and like I said, it's it's a lot easier to uh, to just get out and do it. You know, there's there's not such a big process. You just throw a hub shack in the back of your truck and you go. You don't have to hook up the boat. You don't have to launch the boat. You don't have to put the boat back on the trailer. You don't have to clean and clean weeds and everything. I mean, it's it's just all around. It's it's simpler. The only problem is it's cold. <laughs> yes, and that is a problem. I'm not a big fan of the cold myself, but uh, I'm not either. The older <laughs> I get, the harder this gets. So. <laughs> More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, sponsored by Pine Ridge Service, ES Beverages, Bonded Lock and Key, and Northern Surplus Northern Outdoors. Check us out at kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. We're also on Facebook and Twitter, and you can subscribe to the podcast on Podcast One and iTunes. Matt Brewer from North Country Guide Service, my guest. We've got a lot of topics we're going to cover before it's done, but right now let's continue talking ice fishing. What seems to be the the hot lure out there these days? Uh, For panfish, I'm using... uh, tungsten the the clam drop xl that's pretty much all i've had tied on all three of my panfish rods this year and i haven't switched up that's what i'm using for bluegills perch and uh and big crappies too so uh haven't really changed that up and i'm using euro larva i ordered a couple thousand uh euro larva from from vados bait um before some of the local shops had anything and you know that'll last me most of the season and uh keep them in my bait fridge in my garage and and for walleyes jig and spoons have been great uh clam blade spoons or the jason mitchell rattling spoons with uh with the hair on the treble hook those have been working awesome especially for perch and then uh on dead sticks or or bobber rods i'm i'm telling people a plain hook with a sinker um has been really good and then at at night if you're fishing in the evening or overnight for walleyes um I've been urging our clients to buy sucker minnows because 
the smaller Sacramento's have been enticing some of the bigger walleyes. So we've had like some 22, 24, 26-inch walleyes coming through at night, and they've mostly been hitting uh, those small sucker minnows or big shiner minnows. So if you're going to fish evening and overnight, uh, don't just get the fat heads. Make sure you get some of the bigger minnows. And uh, Northwoods Bait and Tackle has has you all set up and lined up. They have the perfect size suckers for for the overnight anglers. So, Is there a best time of day during ice fishing season? Um. Whenever you can get out there. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the fish are, we've always had the motto, the fish are always biting somewhere. So, uh, you know, if you get out there at noon, which uh, traditionally may be called the worst time of the day to fish, um, it, it doesn't matter. There's going to be feeding fish somewhere. You just got to find them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, one of the uh, things you recently did, you were on a uh, vacation in the uh, beautiful southern climbs and did a little uh, uh, deep sea fishing. Uh, was that a first for you? Have you done that before? No, I've I've done a lot of ocean fishing. Um, we usually do our trip or two to to somewhere somewhere salty and uh, <laughs> and try to get in some saltwater fishing every year. But uh, this was our first time fishing the Pacific, and uh, yeah, we were down down in Cabo. And uh, I've always wanted a rooster fish. I thought I've always thought that they were one of the coolest coolest looking fish around, and uh, was able to to get a nice, like, 17, 20-pounder, um, beautiful fish. And it was the only one we caught. We lost uh, lost three others, but uh, but was able to check that off the bucket list. And then uh, we caught some mahi-mahi or dorado, male dolphin, whatever you want to call them, um, and a lot, of, a lot of other stuff like triggerfish, Sierra, Spanish mackerel. Um, my wife got, like, a 40, 40 42-inch needlefish, which is, like one of the coolest looking fish, especially after you hook them and they go aerial. Um, mm. You know, they look. <laughs> it looks like someone threw a pipe out of the water. Um, really, really neat fish. So, some really cool stuff down there. Um, and we were able to feed sea lions and sea whales, and, and oh, wow. it, was, it was, you know, one of those dream trips. A lot of fun. Okay, I'm always curious because uh, I've never done it. How different? How similar is it to fishing in our neck of the woods? Other than um, the volume of water, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you look and it's pretty vast, but uh, but like where we were fishing, um, we were fishing like the tide roll, so um, so we weren't very far offshore. We were we were about twenty miles from the marina, but we just traveled uh, mostly upshore, and you know we were just um, you know a really long cast away from the beach, basically, and then you just kind of troll that area with top water stuff and. Uh, it's very similar to the way we were fishing is very similar to trolling crankbaits in the summer for walleyes. Um, we were just hooking uh, ballyhoo and then you just troll it uh, and uh, kind of rides on top and basically you set it in the rod holder and let the, let the fish hang themselves and then you grab the rod and reel them in just like, just like crankbait fishing in the summer for walleyes. So um, once I kind of got a grasp on that, it was a lot better because we were missing a lot of fish at first, you know, trying to grab the rod immediately as soon as a bite happened. And I'm like, wait, I tell clients in the summer all the time, don't do that. Let the <laughs> fish hook themselves. But, uh, you know, you, you always think it's going to be so different. But um, once you can relate it to some fishing back home, it, it becomes pretty simple. So so fish kind of act the same everywhere. Yeah, I mean, 
they all want to eat, and uh, <laughs> and you you just can't set the hook too early, and you can't set the hook too hard, and you can't set the hook too light, whatever the case may be. Uh, like I said, you just got to kind of relate it to to what you're doing or what you're used to, and and then you can be successful. Okay. Recently, uh, as part of the Headwater Science Center's uh, fishing and uh, and water um, seminars and uh, features that they had, you did a you did a feature on. Um, green fishing. So tell us what green fishing is. Yeah, so, yeah, part of the Clean Water Initiative. Um, and I didn't just touch on fishing. Um, you know, that was kind of the topic was green fishing, but I, I did the whole outdoor industry as a whole because um, lead, which is the most commonly used thing in tackle and ammunition, um, you know, lead is harmful up to <clears throat> estimates of up to uh, 10 to 20 million animals die of lead poisoning every year. So talking about alternatives like uh, tungsten, steel, uh, tungsten matrix, bismuth, you know, alternatives to lead that that um, can help save our waters and save, save our animals, save our fish. Um, just talked about some of, the, some of the alternatives out there. And tungsten, obviously, in the fishing industry being the number one thing. Uh, it's become uber popular in in winter fishing. Um, almost all panfish jigs now. Um, people have pretty much transitioned over to tungsten, and just talked about the differences in in weights and uh, and how they affect the environment uh, and how to fish them because they fish tungsten fish is totally different than lead does because lead is lighter. Um, so the cadence you get when you're jigging is a lot different. You know, lead is more like uh, more like a, you're dropping a bomb, just doom, doom, doom. It's really heavy, whereas lead, you know, you, you can get a little bit of flutter, a little bit of kick because it's not quite quite so heavy. So there there's an adjustment in in trying to fish with tungsten over lead, but uh, but the environmental impact is is greater than uh, than the ability to catch one or two extra fish. So just talked about some of that stuff and. Um, and then also talked about uh, summertime fishing and wintertime fishing, um, just making sure you're cleaning up after yourself. Um, uh, kind of the main point of my whole thing was um, no matter how many fish I catch or awards I win in writing and photography or anything I do in my life, uh, good parent, good husband, whatever, um, none of it, none of it is, is as important as leaving the environment uh, better than, than how I found it and keeping it available to the future generations. So, um, you know, clean up your trash, make sure that you clean up after others, either, even, you know, if you see trash on the ice and it's not yours, you've got a whole pickup bed that is open. Why not stop and throw their trash in your truck too? Yes, it sucks to have to clean up after others, but, uh, but do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Just yeah. trying to keep our waters clean. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, about uh, you know the other perspectives too, out in the woods and things like that. What we should be doing, same types of things, cleaning up after ourselves, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, when I'm when I'm out grouse hunting or, or things like that, I um, you know I, I always have a vest on, and and more times than not, my vest has room in it because it's not exactly full of birds. So <laughs> <laughs> so picking picking up a bottle or a can or something like that is is really easy and it, it's not taking me any extra time. Um, I'm getting old so I can probably use the break anyway. 
Um, and then we've done a couple times where there are some of the, the areas around here, uh, public lands, where people dump a lot of garbage. And uh, I'll actually, if I see enough of it, I'll, I'll take the trailer and go pick some of it up and bring it to the dump. Um, there's no reason that there should be couches or refrigerators or dishwashers, uh, TVs. I've seen toilets. I mean, and then, of course, if there's a toilet sitting out there, then somebody thinks they have to shoot it if they're out hunting, and then it's in a million pieces. There's glass everywhere or porcelain everywhere. Um, you know, this is all unnecessary. Just pick it up, throw it in the back of your truck, bring it to the dump. Uh, I, I would imagine if you brought it to the dump and you explain the situation, they might even let you get by without paying a fee. I'm not going to speak on their behalf, but <laughs> but uh, but there's that possibility. And if you have to spend the 10, 15 bucks to, to get rid of a couch that was in the woods, so be it. I mean, it's, it's the least we can do uh, for enjoying what nature has to offer, so... Yeah, you know, when we're out on the water and we're fishing, and you know, I mean, is there is there a better gas to use? Things like that that we can be aware of. Well, now that everything is, you know, kind of strictly following California emissions, uh, pretty much any motor now is is pretty good, um, and the you know, all the four strokes are so quiet and and economical, and, and so on that on that end of things, you know, the government has kind of taken uh taken a lot of that out of the equation for us we don't really have to to think about that as much as as we would have in the past um but something as simple as like if you break off um getting rid of your line uh some some of the accesses have line depositories now where uh instead of your fishing line you know you don't want to throw it in the lake um you know keep it in a cubby compartment or I always keep, I always keep like a, uh, a plastic bag, like a Walmart bag in my, in my boat or I throw trash in my cooler. And then, uh, at the end of the day, you know, I make sure and throw that in my garbage, um, or in a garbage at the access, whatever the case may be. Um, just making sure you take everything with you. So. Okay. Well, I know you're an overall outdoor guy and uh, and love to do some hunting. Is is there anything you can do in that realm this time of year? Yeah, we're uh, so coyote season is open. Uh, fox season is still open. Uh, so, and we've got the the wolf moon coming up, or the blood moon. I'm I'm sorry, coming up this weekend. So we'll probably doing be doing a little bit of uh, fox and coyote calling. Uh, I did have kind of a fun, interesting experience last weekend. Um, it was the end of bobcat season, and actually on the last day of cat season, I went to go check my cat traps, and I had a wolf. Oh. Um, so that was an interesting adventure, trying to release a wolf. But, yeah, no uh, kidding. Yeah, yeah it was, that was really fun. It was really disappointing to see a wolf instead of a bobcat, but uh, but if I wasn't going to have a cat, I guess having a wolf was the next <laughs> next coolest thing. But um but yeah, there, there's still plenty you can do. I mean, rabbit hunting is still open. Uh, getting out with some hounds and, and chasing rabbits around is always fun. Um, so it's not like there's nothing you can do. There's still a little bit out there. Um, but I'm patiently awaiting spring. I like am already dying for March um, <laughs> because I'm I'm going to start my season off in Florida um, chasing Osceola turkeys. So I'm ready for spring turkey season. Okay. I know, uh, what, you know, uh, when it comes to North Country Guides, you guys guide for everything. I think you get, you do edible trips, too, don't you? 
Yeah, we do wild edibles. So we'll start with uh, morels in you know late April, early May, and uh, and we'll guide for those. And then uh, we kind of take June off from the edibles, and then uh, we hit it hard in July and August and September as well. And obviously, we've got you know upland game that we chase and and help people uh, with that because we've we've got some dogs that that do do good work with that. Uh, guide for ducks and geese and cranes and bears and deer so we we stay plenty busy besides morels is there anything else we can find in the woods to feed ourselves i mean i know there's berries everywhere yeah tons yeah blueberries uh raspberries we teach people about things like honeysuckle and uh um wild leeks um there there's a million things when it comes to like summer mushrooms uh, the list is so incredibly long, uh, like chicken of the woods, hen of the woods, lobster mushrooms, chanterelles. Um, they, it can just go on and on and on and on. So, uh, and things as simple as chaga. Everybody, uh, everybody's kind of made a big deal out of chaga as a blade that's uh, an anti-carcinogenic mushroom. Mm-hmm. I hate to call it a mushroom because it's more of a, a growth on a tree, but. Um, but it has a lot of good health qualities, and we'll take people out and help them find chaga, or or else we sell it privately as well. So, okay, wow. So, if anybody wants to do basically anything outdoors, you can help them, except for turkey hunting. Yep, oh, except for turkey hunting. <laughs> All right. Well, why not turkey hunting? Uh, the state doesn't allow guiding for oh, turkeys in Minnesota. Okay. So, okay. Um, plus, that's kind of our our serene time. Um, sure. You know, like Mar- March and April, we kind of, everybody has a break. They they get to go out and do their own thing a little bit. Uh, people like to go up to the Rainy River, and people like to get in on early season crappies. We all kind of take a breather in the spring after a long winter and and do our own thing and have some fun on our own before, before we're back to to catering to others, I guess. So, all right, uh, he is uh, the. Are you the founder? Yeah. Yep. Matt Brewer, the founder of North Country Guide Service. Uh, how many people you have in your crew now? There are seven of us total, if you include okay. the promotions side. So. Okay. And uh, how can people get a hold of you if they want to take advantage of one of your many services? Northcountryguides.com. Pretty easy. Northcountryguides.com. Matt Brewer, we always like talking to you. Thanks for taking the time today. Appreciate it. Thanks, Kev. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KBUN-FM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A do operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.